Alrighty guys, we're back with Behind the Vinyl. I'm here with um, Nicholas. We're just talking about the, the highs and lows of, of domestic <laughs> expenses. Yes, the highs and lows of living in a house. You know, wish I was a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just buy a new one. Even, even that's probably a drama, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Just probably. buy a new one with the big mortgage and then <laughs> exactly. the next album doesn't sell. And, no. Uh-oh. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, okay, today's topic. Today's topic is is LA guns. There we go. Um, the um, how do we the Sunset Strip? Yeah, one, one of the early bands out of the Sunset Strip, actually. Yeah, uh, sure. And um, there's uh, the whole Guns N' Roses connection and, and all that. Absolutely, something I don't think Tracy Guns gets gets credit enough for. No, really. no. So everyone knows Tracy Guns and Rob Gardner actually was in, they started LA Guns in yes. 1983. Yes. Um, Rob Gardner being with Tracy. Yeah. And they connected with Hollywood Rose. Yes. Which featured a redhead singer named Axel Rose. Very much so. And, and a guy called Chris Weber, who I interviewed like several, several years ago. Okay. Um, Playing bass. I think yes. Right. Um, but um, yeah, was, was he, Izzy was Izzy in Hollywood Rose or he was in Hollywood Rose, right? Yeah, uh, like an early incarnation of the band, and um, he had some had some cool stories to tell, and and uh, I remember asking him asking him if he saw anything of that, the way Axel became later on, but it was nothing of that back then. Okay, no. I've I've heard interviews with Tracy. Um, I worked with Tracy for a long time, mm. and we never really talked Guns N' Roses. Right, which is a which, which is a shame. Yeah, and I think like in LA Guns as well kind of ended up. I mean, they did really well, but you know, not as well as they were one of those. For me, they were one of those bands that never they never reached the uh, the the Motley Crue the 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 rack rat stage. Definitely, uh, when it when it came to selling out arenas and, and things like that. Definitely, like, and that was surpassed by a lot of those bands. A lot of the more uncred bands, like yeah. the Poisons, yes, and um, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know exactly the amount of sales they've they've had, but I'd say they probably have maybe eight million. I heard, yeah, yeah. I heard something probably yeah. eight million, ten million records, yes, which is probably, a nice, I mean, they did nice well. Chunk. Absolutely. As, yes. And it was their first two records, LA yeah. Guns, LA Guns, yep. the one we're talking about today, and also Cocked and Loaded. Right, yes. Which had probably their biggest hit, Ballad of Jane, yeah. about Jane Mansfield. Yeah. Um, which was a great song. Great, great oh, yeah. song. Absolutely. Um, but they, they did never, they were always like two levels down yeah. from. Yeah, the, very much so. Two or three levels down from the Guns N' Roses. Of very much so. The, the, the Rats, because Rats were huge. They were the Bon Jovi's, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. True, true. It's still a great band, but like we said, they, uh, um, Tracy, Tracy Guns, who LA Guns is named after. So he yeah. actually had LA Guns, and joined it with Hollywood Rose. Yes. So using the the Guns name and the yeah. the the Rose from Hollywood Rose, and yeah. created the first Mark One of Guns and Roses. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then I think Duff ended up joining. Yes. Yes, I think so, yes. And from what I understand, Tracy just got fed up with... Um, supposedly, he could see um, the success that was going to come. Right. He could see that the band was... There was some magic yeah. in it. Because Izzy was in 
Izzy was in Guns N' Roses at that stage. Yes. And, um, and then I remember reading an interview or, or hearing an interview with Duff and, um, and Tracy just didn't show up to practice one day. Right, yeah. Yeah. And they just couldn't get hold of him and that was no. it. That was how he left. Yeah. Um, and then hence then, then calling up Slash. There you go. Yeah. And I think, and I think probably Rob Gardner, maybe he took Rob Gardner with him because Slash and Steve and Adler joined around the same time. Might have been, yes. Yeah. Might have been, yes. Yeah. But, and, and the funny thing is that it took um, years and years and years before I realized that Phil Lewis, the singer, was British. I oh, really? Yeah, I had no idea. Coming from the band Girl. Yeah. Yeah. With with uh, Phil Collins from Phil Collins from Def Leppard. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I, I think like um, especially especially back then um, when when their first album came out and and I was heavily into Motley Crue and Rat and all those other bands. I I wasn't really into LA Guns. Right. And maybe that's the reason as well that I really really didn't read any interviews and so on. But yeah, that took a while. To uh, to realize, right. and then later on, of course, I think the first time, first time I heard of Girl, was actually reading about them because they did a cover of Do You Love Me, by Kiss, and I think that was the first time. Sometime in like the mid, mid eighties, right. that's when I heard the name Girl, right. and then realizing that Phil Collins was in there, and then Phil Lewis was in there. And, yeah, yeah. I, I was in. Um, here's a funny story about Phil Lewis. I think I've told you this story. So I was in, in LA mm. and we were doing an at-home piece with uh, Classic Rock Magazine. Right, yes. So I, I took over a bunch of journalists yeah. and we met Phil at the bottom of the Hollywood Hills somewhere on, on his motorbike um, and he had his girlfriend with him at the time and I was with um, journalist and photographer from, right. uh, from Classic Rock Magazine. So we met us at the bottom of the hill, come on guys. And we followed up, and this was kind of part of the whole mystique, you yes. know, like build it up. He rocks up on his Harley, yeah. takes it up to his Hollywood mansion. <laughs> so we go up through the hills, and it's really cool. And we get to this house, which is really fucking, really quite nice. Yeah. And so it's looking good for the magazine. We we walk in, and uh, there was basically no furniture there. Right. <laughs> and then um, Phil's girlfriend is like, uh, "Can can I get you a, a coffee?" And um, the journalist is like, yeah, absolutely. And then she didn't know where the coffee was, <laughs> where the mugs were. So it become apparent straight away, yeah. this is not Phil's house. No. You know? but, um, but the bedroom, yeah. the, the bedroom was there and there was some stuff in the bedroom. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so they were living there or something. Like a so, rental for the weekend. Like a rental for the weekend or <laughs> yeah. some, something like that. Um, I'm being a little bit mixed here, but yeah. the, this is where the story gets fun. So there was a really nice pool that it overlooked the whole of Hollywood. You could see the whole of whole of Hollywood and the, right. the LA skyline. Yeah, and yeah, it was really nice. So I sat the journalist and the photographer. No, the photographer stayed with me. Set the journalist and Phil Lewis outside to do the interview, and um, his girlfriend at the time was really nice. She was yeah. really nice. So we were we were talking. Me, the photographer, and and she was like, um, asked the photographer about his camera and that, and she's like oh, I really like photos as well. And we were like, wow, okay, that's really nice. Yeah. And she said, do you want to see some of my work? And I was like, absolutely, that'd be cool. So she walked into a room, returned out 
for the penthouse magazine. <laughs> she was the uh, the penthouse pet of the month with the open spread. Opened it up and gave it to me. So I'm sitting there with a the penthouse. Ooh. With her. Yeah, yeah. In in the penthouse. Nice. With her there. Just as Phil Lewis walked in the door, I'm like, "Hi, Phil." He was like, "Hello, Darren." It was rather, uh, it was rather uncomfortable. <laughs> that is such a classic. Absolutely. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Not being shy or anything. Not wow. being shy at all. Wow. Yeah. Jesus, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I that's was pretty cool. I was red ass. <laughs> Phil's done well. Phil's done well. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, hits the, um, hits the opening track. From uh, LA Guns, LA Guns, uh, No Mercy. about LA Guns first album um, I've interviewed Phil a couple of times and, and, and last time <clears throat> and um, we talked about all kinds of different things uh, I think they had their latest album out or whatever it was and, uh, and it turned out that he he went to the same private school uh, as my friend's daughter who's now like she's like seven or eight she's going to that private school now outside of London which is kind oh, really? of funny yeah that's pretty cool and it, it is and uh, we talked about that and he had good memories from, from that time when he was a kid uh, and he said that there was like two things because I asked him was there anything from from that time in that school because it's a pretty fancy school that he took with him and, 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 and is, is still with him today and he said yes uh, I can't stand an unmade bed and I wake up at 7 a.m. every morning, wherever I am, whatever I've done. That are, that's two things. That is... That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It, is. it, it is. wouldn't surprise me about that bed because I understand people that have been uh, in the army. Oh, hell yeah. You know, who, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, who, who got drilled into them every morning to yeah, make yeah. their bed. Yeah. And, uh, and there's that also that saying that um, you should always make your bed in the morning. Yeah. Um, so because if nothing else, you start the day by doing something. Yes. On a positive. Yes. Sort of stuff, yes. 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 Which yes. makes perfect sense. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, places out in, in, in Croydon, one of the I guess you call it a suburb of London or whatever. Absolutely, just on the south of London. Then. Yeah, but uh, big place like a, it's like a small town of itself. That private school, I can't remember the name of it, really? but yeah, Damn. it's pretty cool. So Phil, um, I can't remember when actually Phil joined because it was um, uh, Paul Black was the singer beforehand. Yeah. So after Guns and Roses, so when when uh, Tracy decided not to show up. Yeah. Um, pick Guns N' Roses got Slash and formed Guns N' Roses and this is in 1985 right then he he was only in Guns N' Roses for about nine months right and then um, he started up Ballet Guns again right and they had Paul Black yes Shark Paul, Island right Shark Island absolutely yes. the one who's responsible responsible for Axel's stage moves absolutely which quite ironic um, Tracy left Guns N' Roses yes. with Axel yeah. and to be re- replaced to to have his new lead singer yeah. Paul Black yeah. who is uh, 
not not singing style like Axel, but no, his, no, no. his dancing style was like Axel. Yes, um, um, that it's always referred to as uh, I think like a snake the dance, snake or whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly, yeah. something like that. And I've listened to the interview. I think didn't uh, Dean Del Rey, I think did an interview with Paul Black, whatever it was. He did, yes. Yes, where I think he he mentioned that they talk about that, and and um, I think he I think he said that he remembered like Axel being at a show, watching him, and so on, and, and then later he saw Axel on stage, and he was just like, you know, those are my moves. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, supposedly, Axel would go to the cat club. The, no, the uh, cat house. Right. The, the, the L.A. Tame Me Down. Yeah, Tame Me Down. Ricky Rackman, Rackman, yeah. Yeah, their nightclub for a couple of years. Yeah. And he would get up and dance, just by himself. Yeah. Get up and dance on right. the dance floor, and all the girls would flock around him, but he wasn't really interested. He was just so in his zone of yeah. dancing and yeah. doing all his moves yeah interesting yeah, time definitely interesting times that's that's for sure and I, I, so so different so very different but um, yeah I, I remember talking to Phil also that he said like because like back in the day I think around that first LA Guns album he was living like right off Sunset Strip and he told me like um he was like, so when, when everybody was going home from the clubs, he was standing like, he had a balcony or whatever it was. He, he said like, he, I was standing there with a, with like a big fishnet, trying to pick up all the chicks that came from, uh, from the clubs. Because we talked about that, we talked about that, I, that being different times and, and the whole, um, uh, the, I think we talked about the whole HIV and, and AIDS and all that, because that was really out there at that time. It, it was out there then? Yeah, I mean, oh, absolutely. I mean, the <coughs> mid-80s and from it's then when on. It kind of, yeah, when it come. yeah, absolutely. But I, I've talked to that with a lot of um, of those old L.A. rock and rollers. I remember talking to Jeff Pilson from talking about it. And it's, they said, like, yeah, it wasn't really on our minds. Even if you read about it and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't until later on, perhaps early 90s and, and stuff like that, that they really caught on and said, like, ooh, shit. It probably it probably took a a person to get it. Yeah. You know. Yes. Whether that now we wouldn't. Well, I don't know when Robin Crosby. Well, that well, I don't know. He must have. Well, he got it from from sharing needles, I guess. Yeah, but and when, he died in was it two thousand and two or something like that. But he didn't die from from. Um, from HIV. He had HIV. Yeah, but he didn't but die. But he died from some kind of overdose. Uh, Right, because yeah, okay. he was still doing drugs. Yeah, but he was sick then. But then he all, was. Yes, there was also Ray Gillen. Oh yes. From. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Black Sabbath. From from Black Sabbath and from Badlands. Yes. Uh, Jakey Lee's project. True. Um, who. You know, got yes. HIV and yes. AIDS supposedly, and I don't know if it's true. Supposedly, from his uncle. Yeah. And the first. And only time he's ever done heroin intravenously. Right. He he did it with his uncle, who was homosexual. Yes. And had AIDS. Right. Or had HIV. Yeah. And supposedly that's where he got it from. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But it's a pretty. That's a pretty dark story. Very, if that's the case. Very dark. Yeah. Very dark. Great singer. Great singer. Yeah. Great great singer. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, but still, L.A. Guns. Um, also, also, I remember the, the band Girl, because uh, um, 
he, he said they, they played, or did he go to see, no, they played a show at the Hammersmith in London uh, with Girl and the band Japan. I remember Japan. Yes. Um, they had David Sylvian as a singer and um, has a really strange kind of voice. And Japan was a kind of weird. They came late 70s, early 80s. It was all this kind of new romantics kind of style that was in. Um, but they were opening up for a girl, I think. And he said that the audience was, they were just brutal. Really? Yeah. <laughs> when it came to Japan, he said the audience hated them. And they, they spat at him and throw stuff at him and, and all of that. It was just like unbelievable. So that was a that was a memory of his. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Different times. Um, sex action. Uh, Ooh. Second uh, second single taken yeah. from the track. Can you uh, imagine writing a song like that today? Titled Sex Action. Absolutely. <laughs> but I can remember when it came out. When it came out, I was yeah. like, whoa! I actually love this song. Yeah. And the accompanying video. This was. This was my first entry into LA Country. Oh, okay. This when right. this song came out because the um, the the first single was actually one more recent, mm. but Sex Action was the right the one that caught me. Yeah. So yeah, here it is. Let's check it out. is a little bit of an interesting interesting cat in the fact that he's I think he's such a great guitar player mm. and he was so instrumental and so in the thick of that world yeah um, he, he since has done LA Guns for on and off for a long time yep uh, Brides of Destruction yes oh right yeah absolutely with uh, with Nicky Six he also did this band Contraband uh, back in the was yes. it early 90s Michael, yes. Michael Shanker Bobby Blotzer Bobby Blotzer um, one of the girls from Vixen true yes um, right Tracy Guns and someone else I can't remember yes I forgot about that one yeah. right because I did like one album and I remember um, uh, that tour I think they did tour they did like a couple of shows and it was just really really bad there was a yeah there was some chaos yes happened yes but uh, yeah, I remember because that was like it was hyped up as being this super group, but nothing really happened. I was, I, you know, I never bought the album. I think I heard like one song on the radio. I never bought it. Yeah, I, I got the record actually. And if I remember correctly, it was a flight case and it had all different yes. stickers on it. Yep. It had an elegant sticker. Uh, it's a pretty cool record cover, actually. Cool record yeah, cover, it's actually. cool. It's a cool name. I like the name Contraband. It, it, yeah. It's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, that was a one-off. But Tracy was in the thick of it, and he was this young, hotshot guitar player, which everyone wanted, yes. I think. Yeah. He was... Uh, yeah. All those guitar players out of LA. Yeah. Jesus Christ. What a great scene, you know. Back then, the, the Slashes yes. and the Tracy Guns and the yeah. Steve Byes and all the, the... All the Eddie Van Halen copies. All the, all the Eddie Van Halen copies, yeah. The Paul Gilberts and the... Like, and George Lynch... George Lynch because there, there was this early um, I remember Dokken released a live album uh, it's called Conception something it's a live show from 
early, early Dawkin. And um, that's when you can tell, it's early 80s, that's really where you can tell, listening to that album, you can really tell that George Lynch was really into Eddie Van Halen. He sounds just like Eddie Van Halen. Oh, really? Playing. Yeah. yeah. But it, it sounds good. And, and I'm a big fan of Dawkin back in those days. Yeah. I can't think of anyone who's changed the guitar since like Eddie Van Halen did. No. Beforehand, maybe Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Um, True. No, he, I mean, he's been voted the uh, the number one most or influential. most influential guitar player so many times. I just think like recently. Right, yeah. Um, by all these guitar magazines and so on, and and it truly was. It Absolutely. it was um, a completely new thing. Um, and, and on top of that, he could write a great, great yes. song. Yes, yes. And that's what separates the likes of Van Halen yeah. from um, from all the real guitar yeah. gods. All, yeah. all the, yeah. the Steve Vai's and the yeah. Ingvay Malmsteens and the the even the Jimi Hendrix oh yeah oh yeah, um, oh, yeah. They, they weren't really capable of writing yeah. as catchier no pop rock songs as Van Halen were no no yeah no I guess Tracy Gunsworth he was he was in there yep among them all absolutely weren't there like nude pics of Tracy Guns just a few years ago really yeah I think so yeah see that's something I would like to see <laughs> no <laughs> I'll give that a miss. <laughs> are of course back together again now yes uh, they are uh, Phil and Tracy yeah playing patch playing, I think, things up yeah they did a couple of years ago they're, I think they're planning on coming to Europe the the end of the year or beginning of next year yeah I saw them at Sweden Rock Festival like was it two years ago three years ago <coughs> but that like was that? without Tracy that was without Tracy that was a uh, with a um, 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 I think he's he's Japanese or something the uh, or he might be with them now as well I can't remember but I remember him playing, was it Purple Rain or something? He played a really weird solo. Really? Yeah. Uh, I interviewed Steve Riley afterwards. And and Phil Lewis was in the room as well. And he looked so incredibly bored. <laughs> he just he was lying on a sofa trying to get some sleep. And we were sitting like just an inch away from his ear doing this interview. <laughs> it was just, I was just really weird. I can remember. Yeah, but there, and, and not only that, there are two LA guns. Because Steve Riley, who I interviewed, He's got he's put together his own thing. I don't I think he's called Steve Riley. I can't remember. It's LA Guns featuring Steve Riley. It's something like that. Right. And he's out playing. He's he's playing these uh, these shows at, you know, different clubs and, and fairs and, and so on and you know, I don't know. Well there has been two LA Guns for quite some time. Yeah. There was the the Phil Lewis, Steve Riley LA yeah, Guns. Exactly. And then separately the Tracy Guns, yes. LA Guns. Yes. And they would they would go up for probably a couple of years yeah, on I and off so. together. Yeah. And and then they obviously Tracy got back. Yeah. I don't know whether I can't remember now whether Tracy got back with, with them. Yeah. Or whether he just got I think he just got back with Phil. I think yeah, he brought, just, yeah. brought Phil into his his LA Guns. Yes, and the the LA Guns that is now has already there's already been a one or two lineup changes. Absolutely. Somebody jumped shit and blah blah in the middle of the tour and blah blah. Exactly. And um, I can remember the first time Steve Rowley called me. All right. That, that blew my mind because yeah. he sounds exactly. He, he's got that really distinct. Yeah. Sound to his voice. Yeah. And it was Steve Rowley from Wasp. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just couldn't couldn't stop thinking about <laughs> Steve Rowley from Wasp. Supposedly, uh, Steve Rowley was Tracy Gunter's favorite ever drummer. Yeah. From. From from his days in Wasp, yeah, and he knew where Steve Riley was, and 
and if he could ever get anyone as a drummer. Yeah. Because they had another drummer called um, uh, Nick Alexander. Right. And he was the one that drummed on the first record, yeah. on yeah. LA Guns, LA yeah. Guns. So Steve Rowley didn't actually play on it, but just before it was released, he yeah. left. And so he went around and cold called, knocked on the door of Steve Riley and um, this young kid. Yeah. And got him to leave Wasp. Yeah, to play with LA Guns. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's kind of like the same thing with with uh, with Wasp then, because Steve Riley doesn't play on the first album, but uh, what's his name, Tony Richards. Yep. Must have jumped bail, um, like early, early on, and then Steve Riley came in, and he was on the next one, the last command. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but it that is so funny as well with those, especially with those, because it seems like it's been really just those LA bands that you find there are two bands out touring yeah there's been I think there were like there were two facet put pussycats at one time yeah you have like two LA gunses uh, yeah. there's been a couple of other bands you know there's like one member left and they well, what's what's going on with rat is there been, yeah has there ever been two rats or is it just been side, um, side projects or? they there were were two rats because Bobby Blotzer he, he had he, he had something yeah. Which he called, I can't, same thing, Bobby Blosser featuring rat songs or whatever it was called. Right. Yeah, so there were two rats. At what one about point Warrant? Was there a. Was Warrant might have been, yeah. Warrant. Great White. Because you have Jack Russell's Great White and then, then you have the other Great White. Yep. And J Jack Russell, did you read that? Jake, Jack Russell just posted on his Facebook, whatever, that he went to a Great White show because Mitch Malloy is singing with uh, Great White now. And he just wrote down like, yeah, well, blah, blah, you got a great voice and everything, but, you know, you should try sing it like this, blah, 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 and do it like this, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Giving him points on what to do. Interesting. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. This come out in 1987, so yeah. Jan January the 4th, nice and early in the, in the year, January 4th, 1987. That's a golden year. I was, I was about to say, what a fucking year, man. Yeah. What a year 87 was. Yeah. I was thinking about that just the other day, like, now we're two couple of old geezers and we really love that, that whole latest thing, because that's where, when we grew up and we started listening to music and all that, but how different it was, how different radio was, and you had MTV, and like metal and hard rock was really really big when it came to radio and, and MTV well I think it was MTV that really did that the, yeah the um, the introduction of music television MTV yeah and the fact that these especially these the um, the the glam the 80s the late 80s rock that was that thrived on that as, as did everything as did Pope oh, and all this kind oh, of sure, stuff. Oh, sure, sure. But these guys had the videos to yeah, match. They, absolutely. They had these great videos. They had their look down pat. Yeah. And, and back in the day, which is a little bit detrimental to the music, but a lot of people, when MTV was so powerful, you know, we, 
you know, we, we talked about how powerful it is for Guns N' Roses. Yeah, it, yeah. It broke Guns N' yes, Roses. Yes, yes, MTV broke Guns N' Roses. Yes. Um, and how, how powerful that was for these bands and people were being signed. Bands yeah. were being signed exclusively sure. For, um, for the way they looked yeah. because it would work on MTV. Yeah, and also you had like every single band, no matter how big or how small, when it came out of like especially that era, uh, they always had a power ballad. And the power yep. ballad always did well on, on radio and, and yep. on MTV and all that. And I was just thinking about it just the other day when I was driving, because that's like the only time I, I turn on the radio. And it's like, there's nothing. There's, there's nothing, not at all. There's not a heavy metal song. There's not a power ballad. It's, it's all new pop, all new hip hop and rap. And I sound really old saying it, but it all sounds the same. And they all have this out of tune, that metallic sound to their voice. Yeah. Every single song, and it, yeah, it just made me think that it it was so different back then. Yeah. It was really really powerful. It was just like a a, a force of music back then that really meant something, and people were really into it. And also, as you mentioned, MTV. I mean, you can find if you go on YouTube, you can find videos with like bands you never heard of, and no. bands that release like one record, like. You have bands like, what is it, Hurricane Alice and stuff. Yeah, they had videos. Yeah, that was that's what it was about. Yeah. That was the major marketing yeah. band straight away. Sign this band. Yeah. Hey, he's got a pretty lead singer or a pretty guitar yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. Who can shred? Like, no, you know, I don't really want to start name dropping bands that 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 highlight that. Right. But you can like throw off a few, even White Line. You know. White Line, like absolutely. Those, those, you know, even though they had a couple of songs there. Yeah. Or um, what else? Is it? Britney Fox. Oh hell yeah! You know, they put out yeah. that girl school video. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably sold them a million and a half yeah. records. Easy. And that was it. That Easy. was that was the fly by night. Yes. One hit wonders yeah. of the of the glam scene. Yeah. Because they could put a million dollars into a video because they'd sell a million records back just off the back of the power of that video. Exactly. Yeah, and you had the Bullet Boys and you had, you had like, Bullet even Boys. Like, even, even Warren, man. Hell yeah, I even remember. Even those first two records were great. They're based on, on, on the video. Yeah, I remember talking to um, the singer of Babylon AD and he said like they, they did like videos and he, I can't remember the number, but you know, it was you know $300,000 for a video and Babylon AD they were never a big band. I mean, right, they yeah. were like way, 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 way below all the others. But yeah. still, you know, um, the label um, put some money into it because I guess they all figured that, you know, if we get them on MTV, we've got a cool video, we can sell some records. Absolutely. And what, what, what happened to all those video directors and all those companies that make videos? Yes. And, yes. You know, that as fast as grunge pulled the rug out from underneath yeah. the, the hair metal yeah. scene, so yeah. to speak, it did for all of those video people yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly they've gone from making a million dollar video yes. to to nothing. Exactly. See, see now what do you have? You have YouTube and that's it. True. What happened to Wayne Isham or Isham, whatever his name was? Who did he did all those Metallica things. He, he, he did uh, Metallica things and all that. Yeah, what did he do? He did something the other day, I saw him. He he also did some some freestanding home videos. Yeah. yeah he yeah. did the Slayer home video. Oh, right. Um, I think he did some Guinness ads. I think he did some Super Bowl stuff as well. Oh, okay, right. Um, I've done, yeah. He's around. Yeah, he's sure. Around. Yeah. Sure. But still, yeah, that was a whole business of itself. 
Totally. Doing rock videos. Doing rock videos. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it also broke a lot of girls as well. You know, that's sure. where that's where a lot of the girls got their... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, got their, you know, uh, their name out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. You know, as yeah. seen in this video. Yeah. And, and it gave them a lot of jobs. Definitely. Definitely. talked about who played on this record so there's Tracy Guns Bill Lewis uh, Mick Cripps and Kelly Nichols were the other two oh right Kelly Nichols right yeah, yeah along he's with been him. around in all he's been around absolutely yeah. a couple yeah. of different bands and such yeah, yeah. he was in uh, he was in Faster Pussycats for a while there right yeah he was right yeah, yeah. right yeah Faster Pussycats is the band I never really kind of got no me I mean Faster Pussycat was I love that first album. Um, love it, love it, love it. Uh, I think it's a great one. But I never picked up on it back then. Right, okay. Because it was released the same year. It, it, there, it was just like a couple of weeks or a couple of months between that one and Appetite for Destruction. And, right. And Appetite was so much more interesting. Right. Um, but no, I never picked up on Fast Pussycat, really. Not back then. It took, it took a while. But um, yeah, another another cool band, um, and they sold a fair amount of records, I guess. But yeah. never really made it. Into never the really made it. Never stepped up to that next no. level. I was I was thought it was timey, not tamey, tamey down. Right. Should be timey. Oh really? I don't know. I've it, always known them as timey. Yeah, I know, but it it's funnier if it's tie me down. I've never thought about that. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> Surprising he didn't change it to that. Yeah. So, supposedly he was like the it person too on the scene. Yeah, well, he w- would, with the cat house and all that. Well, with the cat house and even before the cat house, he was working at, um, was it Retail Slut? Which is a shop where everyone got all their stage clothes from. Oh, right. Yeah, so he was working there. Right. He, he was just the person that was the weird kind of guy but okay. you know, was connected to everyone okay there was this other guy in Hollywood called was it Jack Brown or Jake Brown or something like that he did like stage clothes for, for everybody Marvel oh, really? Crew and Rat and all those men yeah yeah yeah. Okay. yeah there's a funny clip of Tommy Lee where he said this before I think where he stops outside this is around the Theater of Pain I think stops in his golden Corvette outside of the store goes in and they're filming it's for a, I think it was for a Swedish TV show right he's, he's getting a pair of shoes from him and he gets out and jumps into the car I think he locks the car even though it's got no windows and no roof so it's a cab <laughs> it was funny oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think yeah Jake Brown or Jack Brown or something like that he's still around but he, he was like the, one of the main guys in, in Hollywood where like all those bands the Dawkins the Poisons and all those where they got their stage posts have you been to Hollywood? Uh, driving through, you know, I, 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 I would, no, that. I haven't, I haven't, you know, we were there for, uh, for, um, just like, uh, day and a half on our, uh, U.S. 
tour back in 2008 with my brothers and all that. So right. yeah, we took one of those bus tours. We just like drove past Whiskey at Go. Because I've never been to I've never been to the Whiskey or the Rainbow and all those classic places. And I would love to go, but I've never been there. I remember we we drove past Whiskey at Go Go, and I had this 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 really bad digital camera that when you um, when you try to take a picture, it was still slow. Oh really? So, so when you when you if you were driving, you know you you started clicking like a hundred meters before you reached the the thing you wanted to take a pic of, or you missed it. Yeah. And you never got that shot. Uh no, not really. I got a shot of uh, I think is it the body shop, famous uh, yeah absolutely the, the, the strip the show yeah, yeah yeah exactly or strip club yeah, that's what I got yeah. Very nice. Yes. Cool. That was Elegance. Elegance. Everyone check it out. It is actually a good record. It is a really good record. Uh, I uh, actually, I, I found it. I found it on vinyl. I think last summer, like in a in a bin somewhere for like ten crowns. Did you buy it? Of course, I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> just just to get home, realizing, damn, I've already got a vinyl copy of it. I uh, really. Yeah, and I, and I had two CDs, two CD copies of it for some reason. I don't know why. I will buy it off you if you got it, <laughs> nah, dude. You can have it for free. It's um, like we talked about. I got rid of all my CDs basically, yeah. so I can replace it and with I just vinyl. want to replace it with vinyls that I yeah. really yeah really like now. So I'm going through kind of picking 100 or 150 vinyls that I don't have which I really want right yeah and and this would be one. Oh, absolutely I would get absolutely. this one and, uh, and there's a couple of dodgy ones along the line oh sure yeah like yeah. the first Poison record even dude fucking great record Hell yeah I was just reading yesterday uh, there's a great classic rock special um, special mag about the Guns N' Roses out now oh yeah I've got that yeah yeah and um, I think it was Axel that this is like one of those early interviews with Paul Elliott when he's with them in LA in 1987 where he's and they say like yeah and Axel says something like yeah Poison fucked us all because <laughs> they were too girly and there's too much glam and all of that so yeah right. it's funny Poison sold a lot of records man yeah hell yeah dude alrighty man uh, yes. until, until next time hell yeah and um Again, check it out. Elegance's debut album, Elegance from 1987. Yes, of course. And, and, and behind the vinyl on uh, Spotify, Acast, Pirate Rock, uh, iTunes, you, you can find it everywhere. Yep, cool. Alrighty. 